Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Friday the 20th of September. Coming up, hundreds join protests over climate change. Reaction to plans for 5,000 home development. Once the green space has been built on, you, you can't unbuild on that land. Um, it's been polluted forever. If we build on all this land, where do people go for leisure, for activities? And Kent Strictly style speaks ahead of first show. It's so fun with, with Jeanette. Um, we get on so well. We've got a great first dance as well because it's, it's right up my street. It's the quick step, so it's, it's like so fun. It's just like full of energy. Kent Online News. Climate campaigners across Kent have joined millions all over the world for protests today. It's thought to have been the biggest ever global strike action over the issue. Demonstrations have been held in more than 150 different countries to try and get governments and companies to do more to protect the environment. We spoke to protesters in Maidstone. We've reached a point where we, we know that there's, there's a crisis happening right now. We had the IPCC report came out uh, a year or so ago that told us we had uh, only a few years left to start fixing this crisis and we've had plenty of evidence that climate change is uh, eroding our civilization since way back in the 1970s and 80s when the research was being brought up by oil, oil companies to protect themselves. We haven't experienced a lot of the things that older generations have experienced and we're afraid now that we might not get to. So it's a lot more urgent for us, I think. Although some older people are joining as well, so organisations, Amazon employees and so on, so it's not just you. First and foremost, we have got the, the issue of so many people in older generations haven't stood up and been counted alongside us and haven't been willing to, to make the necessary sacrifices to fight the climate emergency. Uh, and secondly, as, as young people, this, this is our future and it, it comes to the fact that if we don't stand up and do something now, we will inevitably uh, basically perish in this crisis. I mean, I've got four children um, aged from 14 down to five, uh, and I feel that I'm here for their future. I mean, obviously mine as well, and the planet generally, but I feel like we have an obligation to them to stand up and do something. I don't want to explain to them in 20 years why I did nothing as our kind of planet died around us when there's such obvious signs of climate change. And I feel that it is my duty to be here. I mean, I don't want to have to stand outside places. I don't want to have to go protesting from down the streets shouting about this. But it's the time of the normal person. It's the time of the families to come out and say, this is not good enough. It is up to the, the people in power to listen to us and make changes to, to secure their future. What's happening now, I mean, for whole, for world as it is, it's such a rare occurrence. We have no idea that there's anything else like this out there. And it just seems such a waste just, to just let it go because we want to go on our holidays. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to blame people at the end of the day. I mean, we, we all need a break and we were, no one's truly to blame. It's just kind of like a system that's just ended up running wild. And it just can't be sustained the way it is. And if we just hold back a little bit, and everyone does their bit, but more, more, more than anything, those who are at the helm of this system, if I can really just realise that this can't continue, and it, it's not about the short term, but yeah, fair enough, some of those may not be around anymore, but is that really what we've become? Is that really what it's about? 
we have what I see as one chance now to do something and I'm not willing to see it wasted and I'll at least go down fighting and hopefully you know the peaceful actions like today I mean I hope that people will see the children out here and see that they're robbing their future and see how many of these youngsters here care I mean it's, it's pretty hard to look a child in the face and deny them that and to give them the same kinds of excuses so I guess, you know, we've kind of been invited to show solidarity with them. I mean, we're all here from slightly different groups, perhaps, but we're all here for the same cause. Dr Charlie Gardner is a conservation biology lecturer at the University of Kent. He's told us why he thinks these kind of demonstrations are so important. 71% of Britons um, now think the environment and the climate is more important than Brexit. The environment is the third most important issue for British voters, according to the government's own polling. So above crime, above the economy, above immigration. On top of that, the, um, the UK government has become the first major economy in the world to enshrine a deadline, a target for reaching net zero carbon um, in law. So we, our, our future governments are legally obliged to, to meet this 2050 target. So, um, absolutely, I think it it is starting to have the effects that are necessary. And to be honest, personally, I attribute that entirely to civil disobedience. I attribute it entirely to the disruptive nature of, of the school strikes and Extinction Rebellion. You know, environmental activists, we've been working on these issues for three decades. We've been writing letters, we've been signing petitions and sending emails, we've been donating our money to, to Greenpeace and other activist groups, and you know we've been marching from A to B on the sanctioned marches. But none of it has worked, none of it had any impact whatsoever. But the civil disobedience has changed that, it does work. And it doesn't. It's not just been in with regards to to um, the climate movement that civil disobedience has been so effective. Many of the most um, impactful social changes we had um, throughout the 20th century happened because of non-violent civil disobedience. You know, the suffragist movement. They obtained votes for women. The civil rights movement in the USA. They um, they get. Uh, managed to fight for for rights for for people of color and you know Mohandas Gandhi Mahatma Gandhi in India um, was a big advocate of non-violent civil disobedience and that was a big um, a, a, a big catalyst for for the end of the Raj and India gaining independence from the British Empire so non-violent civil disobedience has um, a very long history and it is you know, very, very effective. Tomorrow, members of Extinction Rebellion plan to blockade the port of Dover to put pressure on ministers to tackle climate change. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a 26-year-old man's been charged with attempted murder after a car was driven into a bar in Hearn Bay. It happened after a fight allegedly broke out at Life Lounge in the High Street last July. A man was reportedly attacked and is said to have suffered facial injuries. Kenny McMahon 
from Aspen Road in the town is also accused of GBH with intent, dangerous driving and causing £1,000 worth of damage to the venue's gates. He's due to appear at Crown Court next month. A woman in her 70s has died after being hit by a train in Canterbury. Emergency crews were called to the tracks near Broad Oak Road just after half eight last night. It caused disruption to rail services between Canterbury and Ramsgate. Her death is not being treated as suspicious. The dad of a six-year-old boy who died after falling into the River Stour in Sandwich has launched a water safety campaign. Lucas Dobson was swept away while on a family fishing trip last month. His dad Nathan wants to start handing out life jackets in schools and give safety talks to children. A teenager has been sprayed in the face with an unknown liquid after getting caught up in a dispute between neighbours. Police were called to Huntsman Lane in Maidstone following reports of a disturbance. The 19-year-old says it happened as he tried to calm the situation down but was left fearing for his sight. One person was arrested and released under investigation. Kent Online News. We've been getting reaction today to the idea of developing a new garden community near Maidstone. We told you yesterday about plans to build 5,000 homes in Lenham, along with schools, offices, leisure facilities and green space. Faye Gooch is an independent councillor in Maidstone and told us what she makes of the proposals. I'm really pleased actually that the committee that this borough has approved a garden community east of Lenham. We looked very carefully at all parts of Maidstone to see the least line of resistance, if you like, because wherever it goes, it's very, very sensitive and people will be upset by it. However, it is something that we've got to do to meet the government's housing targets. However, it's it's not set in stone. It's very, very early stages. And this is why there has been some accusations of secrecy, which is totally unfair. We've tried as much as we can to put as much as we can into the public domain. Naturally, that we've had to have private talks with potential landowners and nothing is set in stone yet. In fact, the Strategic Planning and Infrastructure Committee have yet to decide whether or not this site east of Lenham is good enough to go. So it's still not certain, but hopefully it will be. Otherwise, we will not meet those government housing targets. They've set silly numbers for us and the only way we can do it is to have a garden community linked with other pieces of development which again is going to come out of the call for sites. Despite those reassurances Donna Greenan who's a Green Party councillor is concerned about the loss of green space. We shouldn't be using greenfield sites at all and um, we have plenty of brownfield sites across the county that could be reused. Um, I believe there's 6,000 homes currently empty across Kent. We should be looking why these homes empty, how they be reused. Um, councils can use powers obviously um, to try and reuse these spaces. Um, I know at Maidstone at the moment we're looking at brownfield sites and how they can be redeveloped. I mean the problem is obviously once the green space has been built on you, you can't unbuild on that land. Um, it's been polluted forever um, and we need to think about you know green spaces for recreation and for mental health as well. People need access to green spaces if we build on all this land. Um, where do people go for leisure for activities. We should be looking at what sites are currently available. Um, we've already had sort of some areas that have been redeveloped. I know in Maidstone we have where I live, in the area where I live, there's a major site that's been empty now for years, could have been reused for housing all that time. Um, unfortunately they put in plan information for a supermarket which was then never built and um, the lands remained empty. 
Well, Martin Cox, who's leader of Maidstone Borough Council, says building the garden community in Lenham is the best option available to them. We have an existing 2017 local plan, which was a hard and very, very calculated document to pass through full council. Many councillors voted for it, but knew what it would mean for their residents by accepting the government figure that was given to us at the last stage pre-2017. We're now approaching the review of the local plan, which will be done around 2021 to 22. I'm not exactly sure of the date. Um, but at that stage, we have to review, using the government's figures, the existing plan we have. At the moment, we have a set housing figure of, I believe it's 863 houses a year. And after 2021, we will have to have 1,200 houses a year built in this borough. And that is a figure that is given to us by the government. It is not us that decides that. We have to try and fulfil that figure. And you can do that with a dispersed pattern where you're putting uh, delivery of housing all over the borough. And at that level, you might not be able to get the infrastructure that you need to carry out a good community and to make sure the borough functions as we hope it will. But if we can deliver housing and um, productive development that will give the correct infrastructure deemed necessary from the size of the community we construct or we offer to planning, then I think we'd be in a much better place because you can control the value of the land. And I think when you look at land value, that is where some people or some developers may offer massive figures to the landowner to get the land, but to not consider delivering the correct infrastructure. That could be a new station, a new junction on a motorway, the correct schooling for that area. And that has to be done in deliberation with our partners, with Kent County Council. They put the road infrastructure in, we don't do that, but we'd like to be able to deliver the correct um, infrastructure where the housing deems it necessary. If it's all given the go-ahead, the first homes could be built in 2027. Kent Online reports. Roads bosses have admitted the new Junction 10A on the M20 won't be ready before the UK is due to leave the EU at the end of October. It had originally been hoped the £104 million project designed to ease traffic in and out of Ashford will be completed this month, but delays have pushed it back. Highways England have said they plan to part open the junction to allow lorries to get to a nearby Brexit checkpoint, but there are still fears of congestion. People near Folkestone say they're appalled after rubbish, including rotting nappies, was left in a military graveyard. Complaints have been made following antisocial behaviour at the cemetery in Shorncliffe. Flowers were also pulled up and a tap was broken, leaving water flowing for two days near the war graves. The Ministry of Defence say they're aware of the issues. It's been confirmed four Debenham stores in Kent will shut after a battle in the High Court failed to prevent the closures. The struggling retailer says shops in Chatham, Ashford, Folkestone and Canterbury are among the least profitable. 
Dover's getting £2.4 million to improve the market square, Old Town and High Street. It said the government cash will create 400 jobs and make the area a leisure destination in a bid to get more people visiting. We're told the money will be used to improve pedestrian and public transport access and create a water feature and green spaces. Kent Online Showbiz. Kent Paralympian Will Bailey's been speaking to us ahead of his first performance on Strictly Come Dancing this weekend. The table tennis player from Tunbridge Wells was on KMFM Breakfast with Gary and Laura earlier. Pretty busy, just on my way to do a bit of dancing, a bit of rehearsal before uh, the big night on Saturday. <gasps> so how have the rehearsals been going, Will? Oh, it's been it's been it's been going really really good. I mean, it's so fun with with Jeanette. Um, we get on so well. We've got a great we've got a great first dance as well because it's, it's right up my street. It's, it's the quick step, so it's it's like so fun. It's just like full of energy. You can tell us the song as well that you're dancing to yeah, tomorrow yeah, night. Paolo Nutini, pencil full of lead. Oh, oh yeah, that is going to be so it's good. It's gonna be great. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. Uh, it's, it's just fun, like. I don't know if I can dance, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> How will do you think the the feelings, the emotions be compared to um, stepping out in front of a big crowd playing for a gold medal as you have done and won? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much yeah. is that going to compare to stepping out on that dance floor live in front of the nation? Oh, I know. I know it's going to be... I think I'm going to be really, really nervous, <laughs> to be honest. But it's, it's exciting as well. It's a massive buzz because just the audience that are around you at the time it's like a live audience as well that are there um, and then you know it's live on TV as well so I think that's going to go through my mind I just don't want to fall down the steps or something you know walking you know I'm just going to be walking really slowly and when I'm dancing I'm like I don't want to fall over yeah. as long as I don't do that I'll be pretty happy I'll be oh. like yeah well you're going to be <laughs> awesome I've got a big spin at the end as well, so Ooh. I could definitely fall over there. So Ooh. I just want to stay on my feet. I'll be really happy. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. I can't wait to yeah. see you. And I can't wait to see the tan as well. How mm. was your first spray tan experience? Oh, no. Oh, that was brilliant. That was emotional. I got, um, <laughs> I, I got, double, I got double Venetian. I oh, went full out. I went, oh, yeah, I went full I know, they asked you, I want, do I want single Venetian, but I was like, no, double Venetian. Double Venetian. Up, so, um, yeah, I was really dark. But, um, but all of Kent yeah. is behind you, Will. So, we so are boy. all here. You are Kent's thanks superstar. So We're going to be cheering just, on from yeah. the sidelines. Yeah. Can I say thanks to everyone in, everyone from Kent? You know, it's a, you know, I love it. And thanks, you know, thanks for supporting me, everyone. And yeah, I'll try and do you proud. <laughs> Any chance we can talk to you next week or will you be like to... 100%. You'll be, yeah. 100%. Oh, yes. Every week. Yes. yes. Every week, week, it's our weekly, weekly will. Weekly will. Weekly will. Weekly will. Weekly will. Weekly will. will. Yeah. Yes. All the way to Christmas. Yes. All the way to Christmas. Yes. All right. Will Bailey. Will Bailey. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham welcome unbeaten Ipswich Town to Priestfield for their latest game in League One this weekend. The visitors are currently second in the table, while the Jills are down in 15th with just two wins from their eight games so far. Tomorrow's match follows the Jills' one-all draw away to Bristol Rovers in the week. Defender Connell Ogilvy, who signed a two-year deal with Gillingham earlier this year, spoke to us ahead of the game. Even from the first day coming in, I've settled in very well and feel like yes, yeah, not not part of the furniture, yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm settled. I'm I'm enjoying it, and yeah, we've got a good team morale, and everyone's it's a very tight knit group, and everyone gets on. There's no there's no there's no bad energy. There's, it's very it's, it's it's a good it's a good vibe in the camp, and coming away from we was almost disappointed with the point on on Tuesday because that's the mentality we've got now. We, we want all the points we can get. Um, 
whoever it is, whoever we're playing. It's, it's, a, it's the team in front of you, it's who so you're playing and you want to beat them, whoever they are, whether it's, whether it's the Premier League side or, or League One side, so it doesn't really matter. The, the fans have been the fans have been quality with us and they get right behind us and when we're shooting up to the rain end it, it it does really suck the ball into the goal. We've got good players now, we've got very, very good players and, and it's and it's coming together as you can see out on the pitch. The standards are a lot higher this year and and I think that's that's showing out on, on the pitch on a Saturday and a Tuesday. So yeah, it's only it's only good things to say. I think I think that's one thing we've lacked probably in, in the the past year. Um making it a fortress so hopefully like I said with the fans and that um, they'll make it a fortress and then hopefully we can get a few wins and get a good little run go. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. They're, good, they're a good side, they come down from the championship, they're not they're not a bad footballing team so it is gonna be a tough game but I don't see we beat Wickham when they were top of the league so I don't see why we can't take the game to them. That's it for now but for more news throughout the day you can head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.